Planning a Disney World or Universal Studios vacation is not an easy feat. Between Genie Plus, advanced dining reservations, park tickets, hotel accommodations, and more, you're looking at hours upon hours of work when it comes to booking your vacation. Wouldn't you like your vacation to feel more like a vacation, though? Then let Zip Travel give you a hand. Zip Travel can not only save you hours of time and headaches by booking your hotel accommodations, getting the park tickets, booking the dining reservations, and a plethora of other things you need for your vacation. They can also save you money by finding the rates and discounts available during your trip. They are a great resource you can also lean on with any questions or situations that arise related to your vacation. But you know what the best part about all of this is? Their services are completely 100% free. Not only are their services free, but Zip Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner and an officially earmarked gold Disney travel agency. In fact, they are the travel agency that Jamie and I use exclusively to book our numerous trips that we take to Disney World, Universal Studios, and any other place in the world. They book it all for us. We lead super busy lives and they make it so much easier by handling all the trip planning details for us. We know they will do the same for you. In fact, we believe in them so much, we're willing to throw in some extras if you book your next vacation through Zip Travel. If you book at least a three-night vacation package, you'll receive from us a free t-shirt, $10 in CTM shop credit, and a goodie gift basket waiting for you at the front desk of your hotel. So to book your next trip and save time, money, and your sanity, head to travelwithzip.com today. Again, that's travelwithzip.com. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Jared Lee, and I'm joined, as usual, by my lovely wife, Jamie Lee. So, Jamie, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jared. How are you? I'm good. I have a new toy in front of me mm-hmm. that I'm playing with here. Hopefully, the sound sounds better than it has maybe ever before. I don't know. Uh, we upgraded some studio equipment in here, and uh, yeah. It so, sounds great. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I think it sounds good. We yeah. also now have sound effects. Uh, I promise the show is not going to turn into... You know, morning morning radio with a ton of sound effects, but you know, <laughs> let's just say Jamie. Uh, oh, well, I have a good sound. If somebody brings up, you know, Bob Chapek, you know, you can just sit there and you just go, "No God, <laughs> no God, please no, 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 no." But things like that. So <laughs> most of them are office related. So far, so far, so. Yeah, we have that now, uh, but that's like a nice little add-on that we can do that. But the other thing is it actually is a legitimate, like, uh, I guess it's a legitimate podcast studio setup now because people may be surprised to hear this, but since we started the show, we really haven't changed much in terms of our equipment outside of different mics. I think we're on like our third mics now, third or fourth mics, and then some, you know, ancillary stuff, but we actually haven't changed like the, uh, I guess you would just say the, the brain's of the operation and uh this is a this is the first time we upgraded it so yeah exciting Ho- hopefully it sounds great but uh but yeah so jamie and i we uh well we just got back from orlando on sunday so we went to mardi gras universal and then we are going to disney on this coming monday yes so we're just going to go to universal and back and forth but we have a big jamie's or our niece is mm-hmm. turning five mm-hmm. so jamie's sister has a big like multi-generational family vacation to like her husband's side of the family and then her side of the family is coming. It's a big thing. So we're going uh, to Orlando and doing a lot of princess things. Yeah. And we'll be there during Valentine's day. Cause that is her birthday. And uh, yeah, we're going to do a Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique for the first time, which is really exciting. Um, we're going to do Acker shoes, Cinderella's Royal table. It's very princessy. So, well, when you have a five and a six year old, <laughs> that's that are both that's what the, you do. that are both <laughs> in the princess stuff. It's kind of a, that's just probably what's going to happen. Absolutely. So, yep. but yeah. So uh, we will be, so we, we will have some, I'm sure we'll do some vlogs or I may do some vlogs there. We'll do a few. This yeah. is more like family centered. Well, so we'll I was saying some. I may have an escape plan, you know, uh, if you're doing a lot of princess things, I may, you know, 
I'll have to come away with some sort of vlog if I said I'm leaving to do vlogging. Right. Jared's like, top <laughs> 10 places to avoid your family at Disney That's World. That's a good <laughs> top 10 spots to avoid your family. You're really trying to get away from your family on a vacation. Here's, Listen, I those, mean, those big, those big uh, family trips can be exhausting. That, so sounds, I get it. that sounds dark, that sounds but dark. I actually think it's providing a service because if you get away and just need some time alone, you can then be a better version of yourself. I, I mean, sometimes, but it, it, it's, it's, I think it's an appropriate video. Like, where do you go to get some non-family time? If you really want to hide from everybody, you just go to It's a Small World. No. They will not follow you there. <laughs> Well, he's our family. Like, where's Jared going? A small world. No, he's on his own. I, just, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Then you have to ask which one's worse, dealing with small world or, you know, family. I don't know. Depends on your family, I suppose. I would say small world. <laughs> Probably. But that's just me. Probably. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what's going on here. So we're, we'll yeah. be in uh, uh, over by Disney. We're going to stay in Drury Inn again because that's, that's kind of become our place that we enjoy. And, uh, so yeah, we'll have some stuff that we'll do some live streams as well over there for club 32 and things like that. But, yeah. but yeah, so we do have some news to including today. There was a Disney, uh, earnings call. We'll talk about that, which has some sure. interesting tidbits yeah. that I noticed. But before we get to the news, just want to remind everybody, if you want to get even more content from us, you want to help uh, contribute to the show. Uh, you can join Club 32, which is our private group, which allows us to do things like upgrading studio equipment and other, you know, funding the operation here. And in return, you get more uh, you more content like uh, Cool Kids Kitchen, live streams in the parks, uh, Club 32 show, private podcast feed. You get 20% off of CTM apparel. There is a private Facebook group, and there's going to be much more things coming to Club 32 in the very near future. So, uh, but if you want to join there, you can go to ctmvip.com and you do monthly or yearly options. If you do the monthly, you can even do a free trial. If you do the yearly, you can do and get a free t-shirt. So, and you save a little bit of money if you do yearly versus either way. So either way, uh, go to ctmvip.com. And if you'd like to join there, we'd love to have you. So, all right, well, let's get to the news. And like we said, the uh 2023 first earning excuse me first quarter earnings call took place today and uh jamie would you like to talk about some of the things that we we gleaned is it gleaned or gleaned 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 i don't know i should have said i feel bad i don't know (laughs) scratch that things we learned because I learned I can't say gleam, apparently. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, so we're not going to talk about every single thing they talked about, but we'll just hit on some big things. Um, so revenues for the Disney Parks Experiences and Products uh, section of the company grew 21% to $8.7 billion, and operating income grew 25% to $3.1 billion. And that was pretty much due to implementing Genie Plus in the Lightning Lane. That's a lot where that came from. Because there wasn't a ton of growth in the international park side. Um, but that's, you know, Disney World was open and thriving during that time. Well, that was so. the same thing in the last earnings call. There's been a yeah. lot, a lot of the revenue growth for the parks has been right. Genie Plus and Lightning Lane late, right. as of late. Uh, the Walt Disney Company is being restructured into three parts. Disney Parks Experiences and Products, like it has been before. ESPN and Disney Entertainment. The restructuring will save about $5 billion, but that will result in 7,000 layoffs. 50% will come from marketing, 30% will be from labor, and 20% will be from technology. It's a lot of layoffs. It's a lot of layoffs. It's also a lot of saying you're going to save $5 billion. That's a lot of money. I mean, to obviously, save. a lot of right. that is in, you know, uh, labor. 3,500 jobs in marketing alone yeah that's a lot that's a lot mm-hmm. um so some sequels are coming for toy story zootopia and frozen yay i tell you what i need is another toy story movie <laughs> well this makes you think that you know they talked about d23 they talked about the zootopia overlay over a, a dino land you know maybe that maybe they're seriously thinking about it the, yeah i mean Zootopia, I, I was like, okay, like that makes sense also for Animal Kingdom. I personally don't think you need another Toy Story. I think that story's been told personally. I mean, it would be number five, right? If they only do one. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, that yet. I'd have to like see what the story is, I guess. Um, but I would like to see more original content in in movie wise. Um, but at least yeah. it's not a live action remake. 
of Toy Story. Hmm. Don't give them time. <laughs> okay. Give them time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, let's see. There's an Avatar experience coming to Disneyland, which is interesting. Um, let's see. Capacity in the parks during peak times have decreased about 20%. And that they basically attributed that to the park reservation system. So they're like capping how many people can make a park reservation, distributing, like redistributing the amount of people that go around those days or before or after. And uh, it's not as busy during the peak times, basically. Um, Iger has said, it said, it is clear that some of our pricing initiatives, and this is talking about Disney World, were alienated to consumers. I have always believed that accessibility is a core value of the Disney brand. We were not perceived to be as accessible or as affordable to many segments as we probably should have been. After basically paying heed to what we are hearing, we started to address it and the steps that we took were actually very, very positive. We got really, really great reactions to it. And I think the first thing that po- comes to mind is getting rid of parking fees. Like that was that was a small thing. Yeah, he didn't say anything specific. Although I will say, say I just want to point out Iger was also in charge and a lot of the price hikes were happening. <laughs> so it's well, like, I feel like a lot of this is trying to like frame it as like that mean old Bob. He did a lot of stuff we didn't like. Now we're here to change it. Like he, you know, he, he was, I, Iger was in charge when the hotel parking fees were instituted. Yes. Yeah. That was in 20, I believe that was 2019. But for so them actually coming and saying that, uh, it means that they're getting what, you know, people say what they're listening like they were i'm sure they're always seeking out feedback but they're getting a lot of feedback uh or they're not liking all the negative press about it either way um yeah it's interesting i heard, i was surprised to hear that statement uh in the earnings call i'll say that yeah um he asked josh Jumaro, who is the president of parks disney parks experiences and products um to carefully look at all the great franchises in the company and see where we can invest in them in the parks to increase capacity while preserving guest satisfaction. Did he it, ask him like... Yes, he said increase capacity. Increase. That's an interesting... Do we need more people in the parks? I well, feel like, did he ask him like during the conference call? Like Josh wasn't expecting no. it? No. Like Josh, why we're at it? And like, oh yeah. No, basically, yeah. He, he's just saying like, what franchises are, make us money? Where can we put them in the parks to get more people in there? Is basically what he's saying. Well, I mean, in my opinion, I've, I've, we talked about this at around D23, which was they don't have really anything, I mean, other than Tron opening and Tiana's, you know, the redo of Splash Mountain. They don't have anything that's really on the slate that's a new thing coming to Disney World. There's a lot of stuff coming to the overseas parks and some stuff coming to Disneyland. But they don't, they need to, and my shock for that was what Epic Universe is, you know, doing with Universal. Well, that they, yeah. they need to announce something. So maybe they're starting to look at what they can do. I mean, it's just, a, it was kind of surprising to hear that as well. Cause it was just very like, you would assume they've already started this process. Maybe they have, and they're just not saying yet. I mean, the maybe ones just keeping it close to the, yeah. I mean, the things I talked about was like the blue sky stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much, I, none of us know really how much that is actually like, uh, how close to being, you know, ready to be done or if it's even close to being something they're going to do. Well, here's the thing. We, I think we could definitely use a new park. I know this has been talked about ad nauseum, but we're coming up on 25 years since Animal Kingdom opened. Yeah. Like, like this year has been 25 years. But um, I, it's just, I mean, we're getting more people into the parks and we don't have more space. The, you know, there's got to be a balance between the amount of people in the parks and the guest experience and wanting to obviously they want to make more money so it's just like a almost like a little dance they have to do like okay we don't want to ruin the experience for people but we need more people in there to spend the more money so we make more money because they are a business you know what i'm saying like so well what's what's the balance here like do we do they build another park and spend billions of dollars to do it to get even more people in or just expand on what they already have you i know th- what i mean i think th- before they do a new park, I mean, you need to, I think they need to flush out Animal Kingdom. I think there needs to be more, some more stuff in there. They need to finish the revamping of Epcot. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Hollywood Studios out, you know, 
they've added some stuff there, but there's some areas there, like the whole area of launch bay and all that stuff. Like there's a whole area back there. There's just nothing there right now. So I think they could finish out adding, you know, stuff to the existing parks before they announce a new park. Now, even if they did announce a new park, I would not assume that would even remotely be close to being done for a decade. Yeah. If not more. They do like to take their time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it will be interesting to see with Epic Universe opening how quick they are to announce a new park because I definitely think they will announce one, uh, maybe because they feel like they're forced to perhaps. But I, but the thing is right now, they honestly, they can't afford it. I don't think Disney at yeah. this point in time can afford it. They've got a lot of debt. The parks, you know, revenue is increasing, but uh, in the other areas, they're not doing so great. And so I don't really think as of right now, they're in a spot to be able to commit billions of dollars uh, to, you know, building a new park. Okay. Fair enough. Um, The last thing he, uh, I want to, well, two things. Um, He said, our new structure, talking about the three segments of the restructuring, our new structure is aimed at returning greater authority to our our creative leaders and making them accountable for how their content performs financially. Our former structure severed that link and it must be restored. Moving forward, our creative teams will determine what content we're making, how it's distributed and monetized, and how it gets marketed. Um, so I think he's referring to that, um, the guy, he's no longer there, but he was like Bob Chapek's right hand guy that basically everything had to filter through him. Yeah. Chapek restructured where all of the, uh, I believe all the things like Disney plus and maybe even the movies all ran through that guy. I can't remember his name. Something Daniels. Kasim Daniels or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's. I, that was a weird move when he made it mm-hmm. and it seemed like it definitely ruffled a lot of people's feathers internally as well. But I mean, this is the third restructuring Disney's done in the past like few years. So right. that in itself, not a good sign. Right. Uh, but what this sounds like to me is that you're looking at the same, I'll just say like you have the same group of people that are responsible for everything about how this movie or this piece of content performs. So like, you know where to go to say, okay, what went wrong? You know what I mean? Well, you, you where it goes wrong. And also, if it's doing well, you know right. who you can look at to do more stuff. I, I think, right. you know, it seems like there was probably, it was more of a maybe a group effort. They could, they could just put the blame on other people more easily. Maybe. I, yeah. I think on some level, giving more, you know, power to creatives is not a bad thing. But also what he was saying, the accountability aspect to it is an interesting thing because that there's good and bad that comes with that. So... Yeah, it's probably better to set it how it was. The thing that I noticed that was interesting, they're putting ESPN out on its own. Um, I, oh, yeah, you you talked about that. Well, earlier. I've made, I honestly think this year Disney will sell off something. I really do think that. And I think the one that could make the most sense is ESPN. I don't, I've seen some people say they should, they could sell off ABC and ESPN, but Disney uses ABC so much to cross promote stuff on their show. So when like you've got something going on in the parks, they'll put it on you know, good morning America. It's all over the TV. They can, you know what the old word in the nineties, like synergy, they can use that all over the place versus ESPN is the thing that makes the most sense. It has a lot of sports, uh, you know, agreements for NFL, NBA and all this stuff like that. So they could get a good amount of money for it. And, you know, they could use a little just cash influx right now. I also wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, uh, end up with Hulu. They could also maybe sell that or not end up paying for that because I think they still have one more big payment for Hulu. So I think that end will be interesting. So I just thought the ESPN thing that that could be normal. That just kind of stuck out to me is that's something maybe they're doing in terms of preparing it to perhaps sell it. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, What were the numbers for Disney plus? I was going to say the last thing um, the mission is that they lost 2.4 million subscribers from Disney plus in the first quarter and my thinking is, is that this may have a lot to do with the people that had the three-year deal. So, like, when you signed up in 2019, a lot of people have signed up for the three-year mm-hmm. uh, subscription. So, once it expired, maybe they just didn't re-up. Um, that could be part of it. Um, but it could just be a sign that, and, and this is kind of indicative of what you were saying about selling off things, that the content they're producing for Disney plus is maybe not at the level that they would like, or it's not getting the grab that they thought it was going to grab. I don't know. Like that is maybe what they're 
the, the issue is if they still have 180 million plus subscribers around the world um but they did lose those so well i think that's possible it could be that three-year drop because i think you paid 54 dollars for three years and then i think per year going up over that is like 70 something or 90 something so it's quite a big a, a jump in price if you you know people may not want to pay that uh i completely agree about the content on disney plus i think it's been subpar at best for the mm-hmm. most part i mean most of the stuff is and yeah. there's nothing on there that you know i know they all want it there's no stranger things there's no yellowstone there's no nothing that people are like oh i gotta tune in and mandalorian that's the closest thing and mm-hmm. i think after season one they had that and i in my opinion the mandalorian has kind of fell off i mean i think they bungled book, i don't think it's fallen off i think that they bungled book of boba fett uh which had a lot of anyways I, I think it's fallen off for what it was i think the peak of it was i think season one a lot of people were excited about it and people still are excited about it i just mean in general because i think star wars has continued to sort of wane in popularity a bit as well but i mean that's definitely the strongest show that i i would assume outside of some, maybe some of the kids stuff, i mean bluey and things like that um oh bluey but they still had losses on money so that, you know and i know Iger has said Disney plus wouldn't be profitable to like 2024. I, even if that year it's profitable, I mean, they've still lost, what is it? Five or $6 billion, if not more total. Yep. So I, I really wonder at this point, and I've talked about it numerous times that the streaming bubble burst a while ago. I wonder if Disney plus will ever actually end up being profitable in the lot, like in the grand scheme of things, because I think what's going to happen, the streaming services, they're going to start buying each other up. I think a Netflix is going to, you know, you're going to saw Paramount plus and Showtime are combining. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot like Netflix may buy, you know, like an Apple TV type of thing, combine that content. Cause there's just too much of it now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing that is making people say, Oh, I'm just going to get only Disney plus. You know, everybody wants, a, there's a show here, a show here, a show there. So, uh, you know, I don't know if Disney, I mean, they potentially could buy one, but I don't know if they would. So I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see how this will play out because they put so much focus on it. And I think they're finding out, and, and I think I read an article the other day saying they're, they're looking at maybe licensing things again, hmm. is what Iger said. And I That's think right. they're finding out licensing wasn't such a bad gig. Because you don't have any of your own costs. Uh, that's true. You just make, you just say that whatever it is, 20, it says $20 million to do the rights for whatever it is. You just make $20 million. You don't pay any of the, the production costs. You don't pay any of the advertising or anything like that. So I think a lot of these places are finding out that wasn't such a bad gig. <laughs> so we'll see. I was in hearing that article last week. It was interesting than seeing this. Um, I think they'll make some, I think there could be some pretty major changes in terms of how they approach this stuff. Kind of, you know, going forward. Yep. A lot of good points. A lot of good points there. Thank you. So uh, you as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's more that we that we, they said and, and more that we learned, but um, that's the stuff that we wanted to mention specifically today. So um, that's it for that. Okay. That was a lot of that news segment there. Yes. Yes. But uh, the next story we have is there is a Valentine's Day foodie guide and a soulfully foodie guide food guide happening soulful this month. yes soulfully yeah that's it's about like the black history month stuff um yeah i'm not going to go through all of the foods that you can get from there because there's a lot um but just know that they are available so you might see them popping up around parks and resorts and stuff so oh right will will do okay i will keep an eye out <laughs> Uh, next one we have is the ride vehicles for Tron are sort of proving to be a bit tricky for some as the uh, there's cast member previews now going on. Yes. Um, okay. So this is interesting. Okay. So we know Shanghai Disneyland has the original Tron that was there. Like mm-hmm. Disney copied that and put it in Magic Kingdom. So one of the things that they also copied was the ride vehicles apparently. And the ride vehicles are... I guess a lot of people that are on the larger side are having trouble fitting. Um, and it's not a problem with like an upper body problem. It's a, it's a lower leg. It's like the calf and the, and like thigh issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of cast members are saying that there's a, there's a mechanism that has to close on the, the back of your calf 
Um, and a lot of people are not being able to do that just because, just because it's just a very, like a small, this fits like a small calf or like a, a regular size calf, like not meant for larger guests. So unfortunately that is affecting a lot of people and they do have accessible ride vehicles on, I think one of the four car, like cars that they run mm-hmm. they have one of the four of them they have an accessible row so if you if you can't ride on those you can you can ride in the accessible cars where you don't actually lean over like a motorcycle in the regular ones you just kind of sit in the car regularly um there is a test seat that you can see if you if it fits on you before you ride um so you can see if you don't, you don't even want to have to try to get on the regular ride vehicle. You can just go right to the accessible one if that, if that affects you. But, um, I guess there was just a lot of dis- disappointment with that is how, you know, guests in Shanghai generally are, are a lot smaller than American guests. And you would think that maybe Disney would accommodate that a little bit, but it doesn't look like they did. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Well, without I, I've, I have not ridden it yet. Right, I'm just um, saying, like what you've seen about yeah, it. Yeah, I, um, it, it reminds me a little bit of Flight of Passage. There were similar things about that. It's a similar setup. Getting it's, on right, pa- it's a little different. It's a little different, but it's a yes. similar setup in terms of there's there's leg uh, constraints mm-hmm. in there. Um, I mean, you know, that may be something where they didn't think about it uh, potentially. I mean, you get into the design. I mean, we see a lot of things where you just think like, how did they not think about this? But maybe they just got into the design process and that's just something that they couldn't change. Maybe. Well, and I was talking about this. If you really look at Disney, one of Disney's problems they've been having lately is maintenance. And if you think about weight distribution on a ride and mm-hmm. let's say every, let's say this, I'm using hypotheticals here, but let's say the a ride runs 200 times a day and let's say you've got a ride running each time that runs the whole capacity is like a thousand pounds. And then if you accommodate for it, let's say then it would run like 1500 pounds. Let's just give it that as an example. Over time, the more weight is just going to wear down the ride more, which causes more maintenance. So maybe they ran, which is possible. Disney may have internal calculations and say, okay, if we run this weight capacity, it's going to end up costing us X amount more dollars, you know, per year, whatever. It could be that, that they just look at it and say, okay, let, like they don't want to incur that maintenance cost or this is something they didn't think about. I don't know which one it is, mm-hmm. but it's possible. I mean, I, I would assume Disney potentially could have that information as it would be kind of just engineering, but I don't know. I've heard, I've heard taller people have a little bit of an issue. So um, yep. I, I guess we'll see if I, cause I have my, my like femur is really long. So I, I'm kind of yeah. wondering if I'll have issues. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. If you're really tall, like over six, three, six, four, depending on how long your legs are, obviously you may have trouble fitting. Um, if you're, uh, again, it's not, it's not anything to do really with your upper body. It's just, it's, it's very lower body. Right. Well, you're dependent. doing is, Yeah. You just got your legs hooked in and you're just kind of on a motorcycle. Right. Cause so. you're like almost laying forward, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're going to do annual pass holder previews, we assume. And if they do, we'll try and get a spot and, and write it and see what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I personally, I am concerned because I have, I have very, I have very big, big calves. I do. And I'm kind of concerned that it's not going to close on mine. If it doesn't, I, you know, I'll just ride one of the back rows. It's fine. Um, but I, I hope that I can kind of maneuver myself into it to be able to write it um, like it's intended. Well, I mean, either way, Tron, I guess, good or bad, is not a really long ride. So if it's uncomfortable for you, uh, at least you're not on there for like, it's not as long as Guardians. How long is Guardians? Great question. It's a long ride. It's a couple minutes. Yeah. It's a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so yeah, Tron, Tron is not that, but yeah. So. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we will, uh, we will find out on the ride vehicle situation. But it's just some things that were being, you know, some people had reported. We were saying on social media and some other places were saying so. But yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next one we have is there are new character meet and greets uh, that are available in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. So you can meet uh, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible now, which is exciting because they've only been in the parade. And they had the little section back there, the Pixar place. 
You mean, you mean the land of forgotten souls? Pretty much. It's like nothing <laughs> back there. It's really weird. <laughs> there is nothing back there. <laughs> um, yeah, they're there. Goofy and Max are meeting over in Grand Avenue. Uh, Edna Mode and Frozone are meeting kind of in front of Brown Derby, kind of at a distant meet and greet over there. Um, and now Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers are going to be there um, over by Indiana Jones. Okay. So a lot of lot of good stuff. I'm wondering if they're trying to get things to Hollywood Studios seems to be oddly enough a very busy park. Like in terms of wait times can get really high. Well, yeah. Wondering if they're trying and there's not a ton of stuff for kids, so maybe this is their way of kind it's of It's a smaller park too. adding things for the, the children and maybe hopefully alleviating some wait times on certain certain rides maybe. I mean, there's an entire land, Toy Story Land. It's an entire land well, for kids. And this is what goes back to me too on you know, talking about, you know, adding another park. I mean, they have this whole section over there of Pixar that they're not doing anything with. And then you've got the whole section with Launch Bay back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of space that they could just add stuff to to flush out the parks more. But I get like, yeah. you know, you're still dealing with more people maybe coming in, but you're spreading people around at more attractions, like sort of thing. So, so that's yeah. what they're doing. But the times that they'll be out are in the MDE app, by the way. So in case you're curious. Well... I am very curious, but okay. So we'll check that out. So, and the last story that we have is we have a peek into the newly refurbished boardwalk in rooms. Yeah. So, um, Disney did announce that they full housekeeping is returning by the end of the month, either every day or every other day, depending on where you're staying. But Hey, it only took them three years. Did it guys. You did it. You did it. And if you've been staying in hotels there, they've been dirty the whole time. <laughs> that's what you don't know. Um, so, but that that's exciting. And also in these, uh, in this, uh, this article that they did on Disney Parks blog, they've had some pictures of the housekeeping actually cleaning the rooms. And some of the pictures are from the new boardwalk rooms, which I got to say, look 10 times better than the old decor. Yeah. From what you can see, you can't see a lot in these. Well, you can't see a lot, but... Like, Look, I, and I'm not talking about the villas. Villas are different. Villas right. are not included in this. Yeah. I'm talking about the inn part, the actual hotel part. It was very dated. Um, so this is very, it's very bright. A lot of like light greens and whites and um, yeah, it's got the, the herringbone floors like they like to do mm-hmm. <laughs> all over the place. They are fans. Um, it looks like there's, you know, the same kind of beds with the storage underneath and all that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this to, to roll out and to see what they look like. I'm a little disappointed they don't have the creepy clown chairs in the rooms. Those creepy clown chairs. Those would. They better not move those. They better those, keep those in the Those lobby. would haunt your dreams. Those are a treasure to that resort. I feel like what you're going to find out is they have trapped souls inside of them. That's so dark. I'm just. Have you seen the chairs? I have seen they're the chairs. Ex- I'm not the one being dark here. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Well, that is all we have for the news, but we do have a poll time, and we have a new jingle for it. Poll time. All right. I like that. That was really Should good. Should you do poll time and then the jingle? Or the jingle, then the poll time? Do you want to try it? I don't know. You say poll time, then I'll do okay. the jingle. Time for poll time. That probably makes more sense that way. Oh, yeah, before for sure. Okay. We'll do that next. Um, so poll time this week, as I always ask the members of the Capture the Magic Community Facebook group, I asked, how important is your view in your hotel room when on your Disney vacation? And I asked them to tell me their thoughts in the comments, their favorite views, why they like certain ones, don't care for others, etc. So... Let's see, 50% said not very important. 44% said sometimes I care, sometimes I don't, depends on the vacation. And only 6% said very important. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of people, a lot of people commented that they're not in the room much. They don't really care what they see outside their window. And I'm like... I get that. Yeah, I, I mean, that. that's a good point. I mean, also, okay. if you're staying at an all-star resort, I mean, yeah, not so sure like, what you're really going to be seeing. Yeah, so like the value resorts, you know, the views aren't going to be as important to you. Um, you know, if you're staying, let's say you're staying at um, like Grand Floridian and you have a theme park view, okay, maybe you're going to cherish that a little bit more. You'll spend more time in your room. 
I don't know, maybe. Um, but yeah, it just definitely depends. Like if you're going for like a week vacation and you have seven day park hoppers and you're like, I'm just, we're just go, go, go the whole time. Yeah. Just don't worry about the view. The only, the only exception people gave was the Savannah view at Animal Kingdom Lodge. A lot of people that yeah. said, I don't care about the UU unless it's that one. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think, I, get. I think unless sense. also, unless you're staying in a deluxe, you don't have a balcony for Disney hotels for the um, most part. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people you're staying most, and I think most people that go to Disney are staying in like values or moderates. Mm-hmm. Therefore the view is, doesn't matter there. Like you're not having a view. So the view doesn't matter. So that may be where people are thinking as well. Cause most people aren't well, staying at like grand Floridian theme park views. Unless you're like, I'm trying to, I'm thinking like pop century or art of animation. If you get a water view, if you get a view of the Skyliner, that's not a bad view. Yeah. But there's not a lot of those. There's not a ton, but yeah. there's some. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I Thank guess. you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I was surprised about how many people, you know, said that they didn't care or mm. was back and forth. So, I mean, what about you? Like, do you care what the view is when we stay at Disney? Um, Does it make your b- vacation better? I am an ambiance person. So I don't, li- I, we've had some rooms where we've, I remember we stayed in the tower at Coronado. Like we were in that thing where it's like they had made the bottom of the oh window gosh. like blurry because we were just literally, the the view the was the roof. Yeah. Not the most magical view I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it matters somewhat. Now, if you're asking me if I'm willing to pay an extra like amount of money specifically, then it would become a conversation, but it just yeah. would, and I agree with him to some extent. It would depend on the trip, right? You know, if you're, if we're going there with the kids and it's go go crazy and not going to care as much. If you're just more of a resort vacation, then maybe you care more because you're going to spend more time in the room or sure. you know have coffee on the balcony or something like that. Right. It probably depends. So I mean, all things being equal, I would care about the view. Okay. But it does have caveats into like how much is that going to cost sort of thing. But what about you? Um. I think I think a, a, a good view, a nice view, can definitely enhance your vacation. Um, I don't think it would negatively affect it. I think it would just be a bonus. What if you had a view of like garbage? Because remember, we in Vegas we had the view, we could see the garbage cans and the the big old trash compactor back there. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do now. <laughs> I forgot about. I feel that. like that made a negative impact yeah, on the, maybe a little bit. You're like, um, oh, good morning. Well, there's the trash guys. They're doing a good. <laughs> Keep up the work, Bob. Somebody has to watch the trash guys, I guess. I agree, us. but you don't have to put the... Ho- I mean, you would think when you're designing a hotel, you don't have to have the view of the... You know, you could shield that a little bit. That's a good point. But, you know. I mean, like, value resorts, like you were saying, like, I don't really care about the view there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the parks and not really resort. But if it's a staycation or we're staying at Deluxe and we're spending more money on the, on the hotel, maybe I would expect a little bit more. But then again... You know, if I'm spending more, then you know you're going to be spending a lot more for that view at a deluxe. And maybe you don't want to spend that money. So it's like, you know, it's a conundrum. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. What's the best view you've ever had? At any hotel? At a Disney hotel. Oh, at a Disney hotel. If you can recollect. Well, we stayed at Savannah View. We did stay at Savannah View. That would be one. That was like, you know how long ago? That was seven and a half years ago. That was 36 years ago. Seven and a half years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than that one, uh, I mean, Polynesian, we've stayed at some where we could kind of see the, I mean, we've never had like uh, where we could see Magic Kingdom, but we'd be able to see fireworks and I just love the Polynesian. So I'd say I between. That was the best view though. Hey, it was the best view in my heart. I thought it was a good view because we were at Polynesian. Um, I don't know. I would say Polynesian and or Savannah view. I think my favorite view was when we stayed at Riviera. Okay. never mind. That was a good one. I forgot about that. Um, That's a top one. It was a preferred view, so you had view of the, of down at the at the, the, the pool areas mm-hmm. and like over the water at Caribbean Beach. True, it was really pretty. It was really pretty, okay. and I, I think that was probably my the favorite view that we've stayed at. Like oh, you personally? Are you speaking for me? No, 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 no. I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just kidding. I think it's the, the prettiest view of the of the times that we stayed at Disney because again, view doesn't really matter a lot to us. 
um, versus if we ha- like we have to spend more for it, you know. Um, but I think that was I think that was the best one we've had besides the Savannah View at Animal Kingdom, which is is just more unique, you know. Agreed. All right. Well, that was much more of a discussion than I thought we were going to have about it, but yeah. that was a great poll time. Um, if you want to be part of the next poll time. You can join the Capture Magic Facebook community. That's where Jimmy posts those. And she also asks on Instagram as well. So you can follow at Cap the Magic on Instagram. Going to catch those. So Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get to our topic today, which is the most romantic spots at Disney World. We're feeling, you're going to feel the love. I feel the love. Because apparently it's Valentine's Day coming up and... It is, and maybe that's maybe that's why I picked this topic. I, Mister, I understand you picked this topic. I did pick this topic. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Just snuck in there like this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the most romantic spots you can find at Walt Disney World. Now, this can be just stuff that you never would think of. This can be stuff in the parks. It can be hotels. It can be Disney Springs all over. Um, you know, we've put together a list. Of thing of places, but you know, as you think of them, just just uh, just hop in, and I will as well. So, okay, great. All right. Well, the uh, number one spot that I would just off the top of my head would be California Grill. Be a pretty romantic spot. California Grill on top of uh, the Contemporary. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a pretty that's a pretty hard spot to beat. I mean, as far as romantic goes like it's a great date spot yeah the only caveat to this spot is you might catch a lot of people proposing in here and i just don't want to be a part oh of any public proposals my gosh. i just don't well that right there yeah. means that it is a romantic i spot know that's the people ca- are opposing that's the conundrum it's like do you want to go to a romantic spot and potentially <laughs> Why do you get hate it so much? okay here's my thing on public proposals <laughs> oh my gosh let's just go this, on a tangent. real quickly go. real quickly this here is my whole go. thing about them okay it's not that i don't love love you love love i love love I'm in love and I love lots of things. Mm-hmm. My thing is I've been somewhere where there was a public proposal and they said no. And you're like, wow, this is now everybody is depressed. This is terrible. And also you're for, like everyone proposes and they clap and they're like, you have this public pressure to clap. I don't know these people. I have no idea if they should, they sh- maybe they shouldn't be getting married. Perhaps someone should say, Hey, slow down a minute. Like, let's not do this. Let's not do this yet. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't like to be forced into public, you know, a- approval. What if it turns out to be really bad? And they're like, you clapped for it, Jared. I'm like, I didn't know. Why can't you be happy for that? It's not that I'm not happy. It's just internally in my mind. Like I, we've been at Disney World and it happens in, you know, in front of the castle. And I'm just like, you know. no, God, no, God, please. No, 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 no. And I kind of walk away. But anyways, I love, love though. Just saying, it could happen at California Grill. But yeah, so that's the whole thing. So I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people will say, "Wow, Jared is a Grinch." I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't. Anyways, I, that's my reasons. They okay. may not make sense to Can you. Can I give one? Can I give one, sir? Of why you don't like pro- public proposals? No, most romantic spots. Oh, man. moving on. Go on. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, about the because you see the fireworks on the top. Anyway, number two, I would say the top of the World Lounge, which we're not moving very far forward but we're here. still up high we're still up high um and this is right above the bay lake tower it's the dvc lounge you can have a, a beautiful fireworks view there is it's not very big so it can be you know kind of a romantic like not secluded but you can have a little more privacy maybe um i think it's a good spot i don't know if this is scientifically accurate but i believe the higher up you are the more romantic it is is that what we're saying here so the most romantic is in space i've never been so i couldn't tell you. Take a, take a space I a space know. rocket. Take a space rocket. <laughs> that's will. that's how you should be proposed to, kids. I will get on the next rocket and test it out. That's pretty right. romantic. Pretty romantic up here. <laughs> I would say, although I've never done this, I would assume Victoria and Alberts would be very romantic. Yes. Or it better be for the prices you're paying. Well, I listened to a trip tales. One of my trip tales went to Victoria. I would, I would hope you listen to your own trip tales. No, know. I'm just saying she. <laughs> She described it, and yeah, it's maybe the most romantic spot at Disney World. It's it's very, there's only like 10 tables in the whole restaurant. Um, you're the only table at that entire evening kind of thing. A lot of, a lot of, uh, um, just very, like a lot of focus on what you want, and it's, it's quiet, it's, 
like delicious food. Yes, it's expensive. Yes, um, but just it's a it's a really uh, a really da- a good date night experience, according to her. It's hard to say. Have you been? According to her, okay. I said okay. it already. All right. All right. I, that's why I agree. I'm assuming it is. I just, yeah. I don't know. If you can eat there, if you can, if you can afford it. I mean, I've, I've heard it's great. Can you, it would be like, I would like a salad, sir. How much would that be? $500. Like, oh, right. right. um, but yeah. So. Okay. Well, what's your next one? The next one would be Cinderella's Royal Table. And I think what is more romantic than be able to eat in Cinderella's castle in, in the, in her, in the castle. Uh, I mean, I get that, except for you, there's a lot of screaming children in there. Not for dinner. Dinner's not not always. Okay. Breakfast and lunch, a lot of kids. Dinner, not as much. Just go get that late, the latest as you can reservation, and get like a, a table by the by the window by the stained glass windows. Okay. I would fireworks. Have, I wouldn't have thought of that one myself, but maybe I okay. would. Well, obviously, obviously, I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Apparently, it's going to be a heated debate about romantic spots at Disney. (laughs) All right. Uh, The next one I would say would be Topolino's Terrace. Again, up high. It's high. I'm just saying it's up high. Listen, the the altitude makes a difference. It helps. (laughs) I think, if anything, it does help. (laughs) I think, you know, if Topolino's Terrace was Topolino's basement, not as romantic. Um, we have eaten here. The food's really good. It does have a romantic uh, atmosphere to it. It's, uh, I would say, very on the same level as California Grill in terms of pricing and ambiance sort of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. California Grill's a little fancier, maybe. It's a little, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe I there's... don't know. I like the vibe more at to- Topolino's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. I do. Yeah. I, like the but vibe more. I think it's, yeah, you go outside there, that'd be a really great romantic spot. You can just look out over the Riviera. And also Topolino's isn't as loud. So California Grill, you know, they, they pack a lot of tables in there. And sometimes it can be a little bit noisy. True. And, and like the open, mm-hmm. like, kitchen well, The Topolino's doesn't have as many. Yeah, there's not as many people in there. Uh, the, yeah, there's less tables in Topolino's. Yeah. I feel like it's a more personable experience. It's quieter. Mm-hmm. Delicious food. Delicious drinks. And if you sit in the right spot, you can maybe see the fireworks. True. Over at, um, I guess it's Epcot, if you can see up that high, or uh, Hollywood Studios, if you... I think you can fantastic. see both if you're outside. Can you see... Well, on the actual terrace? I'm pretty sure. Yep. That's a good spot, too. The actual terrace at Tupelo Terrace. That was... Yeah. That was, yeah. That was implied. That okay, was kind good. of implied, but yes. Okay, okay great. <laughs> Either way. All right. What's your next one? Um, I was thinking of the beach club beach, like the actual beach in front of beach club. Like in the swinging chair? Yeah. That would be yeah. That could be romantic. That's a nice, see, would you would you be opposed to someone getting proposed there if it's quiet? If it's just, it's just like by yourself. If I'm if I'm lounging on that chair, relaxing, and someone interrupts that with a, with a proposal, just be like, come on, not really. I'm not gonna say that. But no, <laughs> no. You know what? That one's much more. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of how I proposed to you. It was like in a secluded park. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, that way. If Jamie says no, I run away and act like it never happened. That's right, and I never saw him again. <laughs> he proposed and he was gone forever. Right. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good one. Okay, I agree. I agree. I like that, and it's on a beach, and you're by the boardwalk. Speaking of boardwalk, speaking of boardwalk, the gazebo over there would be. I've never really spent much time out there, but it can be kind of romantic. I think they do weddings up there. They do weddings a lot over there. Yeah, um, so a nice so little yeah. evening there. Yeah, because that'd be a nice little romantic spot. Yeah, and not only that, like especially at night. In the gazebo, a beach club, a yacht club, and looking over and seeing the the lights over a boardwalk, very romantic, very a lot of a lot of good, a lot of good vibes. Good vibe, yes. Good vibes, a lot of good vibes over there. Yes, agreed. What's your next one? Uh, next one is the wishing well at Magic Kingdom. Okay, there's a lot of cute pictures you can get. Yeah. Very, I don't know. Like, is there a certain time romantic. of day this is more romantic? When you're getting proposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, am I saying best places to propose? Although, I will say, <laughs> if you are going to propose at Magic Kingdom, <laughs> that is, to me, a better spot than in front of the castle because you have just proposed. If you propose in front of the castle. I actually agree with that. Yeah, if you propose yeah. in front of the castle, y- yay, I'm happy for you, but you are one of like 5 million people who have done that. Right. If you propose in the bathrooms, no one's done that. Mm-hmm. And she's always going to remember that. 
I feel like the wishing well is a good spot because if you get in a certain like angle, you can get the the castle. Like you can see it in the background mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, very romantic. Yeah. Did you hear what I even said? No. <laughs> what did you something about the bathroom? I said if you propose in a bathroom. Okay. This is what happens when you're married a long time. Jamie just she just immediately ignores things I say. Uh, not everything, just the stuff that's. I'm just saying it is original <laughs> if you do propose in a bathroom. I'm not yeah. saying you should do it, Let's but. Do no. All right. Um, next one I could think of would be, well, okay, you have Lady and the Tramp. Uh huh. So you go to Tony's Town Square mm-hmm. on the patio. I'm thinking in the evening time. Yes. Can be romantic. I think it's an ounce. I think that's in a romantic spot. I mean, the only thing I think of there's a lot of you know you can hear a lot of screaming kids. Things like that, but it could be potentially a romantic spot. Okay, I'm just singing. I think it's good. I that's why I put it on here. Okay. I said it. I meant potential. That's one I could think of as potentially as a good one. Moving over to Epcot, I was thinking Victoria Gardens at Can- the Canada at the Canada Pavilion. Mm-hmm. You know, you go under that little. It's like by Lacelier and um, yeah, what's down there where they usually put the the food booths and stuff in the festival. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking of? Oh, the old 360 show. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, the gardens over there. Oh, it's so pretty. Nice little stroll. Talk to your loved one. Ask, will oh. you marry me? Oh, you geez. know, stuff like that. Oh, geez. You're encouraging it it's now. It's beautiful in there. Like, why don't almost you, year round. Why don't you just propose on a jumbotron? <laughs> why don't we just go that route? <laughs> <laughs> I like how I'm taking this like anti-proposal route, which I don't believe in. But I, right. so if you're asking my power, like remember I was in college, they would make you like do like uh, debates and they were like, take a position you don't agree with. And I always did good because I can take a position I don't agree with and just make it really like, like I really am dead on about it. Mm-hmm. So am I dead on about this? I don't really know. I don't know. What's another pavilion you think is romantic? I don't think another pavilion. I think another spot oh. is the Skyliner oh. if you're alone. I think in a group, not so romantic. Okay. Maybe, maybe right, if you're awkward. sharing it with other people. And if people. you propose in a Skyliner with other people in there, pretty awkward. And if you propose in a Skyliner and you're by yourself, trapped in a small space and they say no. Really awkward. It's just a bunch of... <laughs> I just want everybody to know Jamie did that one. <laughs> and I have a feeling Jamie's going to be the one that's trigger happy with the sound effects. I'm just going to say. Just like it's so much. This is... I think one is going to get edited out, but she did one pre I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> turn into talk. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, get me out of here. If you're by yourself, no. it has some cool views, especially at night. It's kind of cool to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I don't. If it doesn't stop. I mean, yeah, if it's, st- yeah, stopping is not fun on there. But anyways, yeah, Skyliner can be romantic. That's true. Another pavilion that I was thinking of was the France Pavilion. Um, the you can eat at Monsieur Paul now, Chefs of France. You can get some ice cream. You get champagne. You can get wine. Uh, the beautiful fountain right there. Lots, lots to do. Lots True. To, and, and and French France is fancy. I mean, we read Fancy Nancy books almost every night to our daughter. And one thing I just <laughs> learned about that. Is it's things in France are fancy. They're very They're very fancy. They're fancy. And they in in Paris is romantic. So France. Just the whole thing. Fancy Nancy has some good points. She has great yeah. points. Uh let's see. The next one, I mean, I think if we're talking pavilions, the Italy pavilion can mm-hmm. be a little romantic. Mm-hmm. You have that bridge. That bridge is so nice. Good pictures. You get some good pics up there. I suppose if you're the proposing type, the bridge could be a place to do that. Mm-hmm. And then if she says no, you've got quick access to the water. You just jump right in. Well, right. Not saying to do that. Don't do that. Um, Don't do that. You got the fountain in there. You got the fountain in the interior. I mean, That's it's pretty nice. over there. Yeah. yeah. And if you go back in there, yeah, it's got like, you know, the, the, the pizza place. Yeah. I mean, what's more romantic than pizza? Um, I should have put pizza. pizza. I should have put pizza on here. I can't eat pizza. Well, I didn't say for necessarily for you. Okay. Get gelato. Is gelato more romantic than regular ice cream? Yeah, it's fancier. (laughs) It's Italian. What is gelato compared to ice cream? Uh, To me, it tastes like more... um, Fancy. Like less creamier than ice cream. Okay. At least that's my opinion. Okay. Um, Well, either way, it's fancier. And they have it in Italy. Mm -hmm. There you go. 
Um, I was also thinking like maybe Morocco Pavilion because there's a lot of places in that pavilion where nobody goes. True. Just, just yeah. hang out there by yourself with your loved one. Okay. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what are you? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Like kicked out of Epcot here. Listen, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything bad. Are you I'm talking like saying, holding hands at a table? Holding hands. But yes. Like intense eye contact. Intense eye contact. That sounds really uncomfortable. Maybe. <laughs> maybe like sitting close to each other. Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, one that is a little like if you go back in there again, pavilion it would be Japan has the, that garden back there and kind of like the hidden little area like back there. A grill up there. Yeah, like you could. Yeah, there's I, the the Japan pavilion is is like really deep back there, so there's a lot of there's a lot of places you could go. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how romantic it is, but I mean it's, it is it is secluded a bit. It's kind of dark. Like when it's at at night, it's a kind of a dark pavilion. A little, little, little lights back there. Yeah. Um, moving over to uh, Hollywood Studios, Sunset Boulevard, at night. Yeah, a bonus points maybe if it's snoping for Christmas. Right, but I was thinking like the music they play. I do like the music. Yeah, makes you think of Captain America. I was going to say you like it because it has the Captain America music. And the, and I like Captain America, so makes you think of romantic because he's. Because I like, I don't, you know, you know what? It's romantic. That's all I have to say. I mean, say. as your husband, I'm a little, I'd be like, wow, it makes me think of Jared, but apparently it does the not. The song doesn't make me think of you. It makes you think of Captain America. Well, I'm just, okay, fine. I Fair don't want enough. him to be with me. I want <laughs> you to be with me. Okay. Why do I have to like justify myself? I'm not, I'm just simply, I'm, I'm clear. I'm just looking for clarification here. That's all. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um... I think a spot that is, well, actually, it could be very romantic for a dinner, or not dinner, maybe a snack, is Nomad Lounge. Because it's kind of, oh, especially if you can go like outside there, you set up in the yeah, thing, and it's like kind of dark out there, you can hang out, that's have some spot. drinks, mm-hmm. have some fondue. They have fondue there, don't they? The cheese, is yeah. it the cheese one? Fondue is oh. the most romantic of cheeses. <laughs> right. It's not a type of cheese, it's how the cheese is presented. Well, I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> As a cheese present, you know what I mean. Okay. I know fondue is not a type of cheese. That's what you just said. I mean how it's served. <laughs> Listen here. Um, back over at, at uh, Hollywood Studios, I was thinking about Echo Lake, like around uh, Gertie. There's some benches over there, especially at Christmas, with the tree and everything and the reflection. Got the, the music playing. It's a nice, nice little spot. Yeah. Pretty romantic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right. No, you don't agree. I mean, I'm I'm not saying no. I'm just saying, where did if we're talking proposal spots? Like, where did he propose? Right in front of the dinosaur. <laughs> Gertie, <laughs> we had to have Gertie. I saw old it. Gertie there, and then he got on his knee. Uh, what's another one for you? Um, you know, a secluded spot would be behind the Tree of Life, not in front, because in front is a lot of people. But if you go behind there. There's the backside of the Tree of Life. That's right. And there's a lot of people don't know about it. It's a little, I would assume maybe in the evening time or at night, it's a little a little romantic. I don't know if there's any place to set. but you could. Well, it's not, not only that, it's just, it's just, uh, it's quiet. And there's not a lot of people that go back there. This is true. So it's a good spot. Not a lot of people know about it. It's true. Yeah. I would say that one. All right. Um, I would say Tiffin's too. I've never eaten at Tiffin's, but I've seen the inside of it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a little pricey. So it's like more of a, a date night spot, I'd say. Um, but it, it's got the same kind of vibe as Nomad. I'd say Tiffin's too would be a good romantic spot. Okay. I can see that. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm racking, I'm racking the brain here on the romantic side of things. I think there are those trails in Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Those could be, yeah. uh, you could walk through those. Because it's different. The gorilla one. The gorilla. Yeah, I mean, that's more romantic than gorillas. <laughs> you are correct. I mean, we're, you being, are correct. we're being quite honest. <laughs> but yeah, back there, you know, kind of take take a nice stroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a jungle trek, if you will. A jungle trek. Yeah. That also works. Mm-hmm. Um, moving over to Disney Springs, thinking 
Wine Bar George. Wine Bar George is a, a good spot. They've got the, you can sit outside. In the area over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything, any place you can think of? Disney well, Springs? I think the boathouse outside. Oh, that's a good, be a good one. Because not yeah. only that, it has that's really good, good food and they play yacht music. Yacht rock. And nothing's more it's romantic yacht than yacht rock. That's right. At the boat house. I mean, is is I mean you are very correct about that. There is nothing more romantic. I mean, some Kenny Loggins <laughs> with a nice meal. Highway. Yeah. Well, not but well, I guess I don't know if Kenny Loggins is technically yacht music. I'm thinking of another <laughs> artist. Anyways, just find your yacht your yacht rock playlist and put it on. Kenny Rogers? Kenny Rogers is not yacht rock. Well, are you thinking of I a mean, Kenny? The gambler is Kenny Chesney. Kenny, what? Kenny G. What? Is, okay, Kenny I'm G. Even, yes. I'm naming Kenny. You're just naming off Kenny's. I'm just naming Kenny's. I didn't. Know you what think you Kenny were Chesney is a yacht rock? No, don't. That's a yacht I'm was sorry. stolen by a hilt like a redneck. <laughs> I'm just naming Kenny's. We okay. got this yacht. I'm playing Kenny Chesney. <laughs> um. Oh, what about the um the cars, the Amphi cars? That's kind of romantic. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know how. Well, okay, it could be for me. I would be more worried about the car, like sinking. But yeah, very true. Uh, trying to think in my head here. Uh, I would say, at the evening time, the beach at uh, uh, Polynesian could be romantic over there. Oh yeah. I mean, technically, if you got to get in one of the bungalows, that could be very romantic. Ooh, the hot tub. Yeah, it's like a private hot tub. You could see the castle from your hot tub. That's a good one. That would be that would be pretty romantic. You know what I would think is romantic that you would just absolutely hate. <laughs> What's that? The hot air balloon. Oh gosh. The air file at uh, <laughs> Disney Springs. Now that would be romantic to me, but the whole time you would just be dying inside, and I would never make you do it. Well, I think but, a, okay, a hot air balloon on its own, I think could be considered romantic. But I think in that balloon, you're in there with like a bunch of people. Well, if you could make it private, if you could make oh, it private, right. would it be more? Romantic? I would okay. I would not want to get up in that hot air balloon, nor especially a hot air balloon of like just the type that go up there all the time. Like you're just in a loose basket, held up by I don't even know, defying God. It's like I'm, I'm good. Okay, it's not like Wizard of Oz. It's like it's anchor. It's like pulled to the ground. There's no, like, I know. I'm talking about okay. an actual hot air balloon. Okay, I you know, sounds, I've never been in an actual. I one, haven't either for so. a really good reason. It sounds terrifying. Like, how do you land this thing? It it crashes <laughs> every time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's no soft landing. Oh. Sorry. All right. I still think it'd be a romantic. Okay. Thing too. It uh, potentially it could. I suppose some people also might say Cirque du Soleil could be romantic. Um I guess. I don't. I'm saying I'm thinking of maybe what other people could think. Okay. All right. Okay. French clowns, okay. not the most romantic thing for me, but hey, who am I to who am I to judge? Maybe Morimoto. I've never I've never eaten over Morimoto. at Disney Springs. Disney Springs, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of restaurants that would be romantic at Disney Springs. I mean, Disney Springs, Springs in itself, like if you're like, let's say you just wanted to have a date. Now you could stroll around Disney Springs. There's music, there's ambiance playing there. Yeah, I mean, it could be, I don't know, like, yeah, it could be a good date night place, which would have, you know, romantic spots. So, yeah, I would say all of maybe Disney Springs. What about a fireworks cruise? That would be very romantic. If it's, yeah. if it's private or just couples. So everybody's just like not caring about anybody else. Be like, okay, go over here. But then you run the risk of a proposal happening. That's true. Let's say, Better make sure everybody say, in that boat is married. If it's romantic. Proposals are a baby, a maybe. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Everybody on that boat better be married. All right. And if someone's like, last like, oh, John and Christina are coming. They just started dating me. Oh, no. No, not, not coming. And you see him get on that boat looking all nervous. You're like, you know. No. Or you can even rent your own little boat out there. That's that's romantic. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, that's true. Is there anything else? I'm just like trying to remember. There was brain. one I had in my head, and then you said something, and then it went away. Oh, no. I'm trying to think now. I think it involved, I don't know now. It involved a place. Monorail crawl? Skyline I don't, I don't crawl? know how romantic a monorail crawl is. I don't know if that's is. romantic. Not really. <laughs> Uh, I will say Enchanted Rose at Grand Floridian is a very 
fancy slash potentially romantic bar setting. In this case, fancy equals romantic. I got you. Fancy being expensive drinks. But okay. it also okay. based off Beauty and the Beast, so I suppose romance is perhaps implied if okay. you find the Beast romantic. And like Grand Floridian in general, a romantic hotel. Is it? I don't know, is it? <laughs> Riviera. <laughs> Riviera is more romantic. I would agree. It's I like how you fancy. said that and you're just not sure. Just think it out loud, I guess. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I don't think I have anything else. I mean, the Lego store, pretty romantic. But. <laughs> I mean, this is just us thinking like what we think. But like, I think there's a lot of good ideas of if anybody's got, you know, they're traveling with their spouse or their, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever. Um, these are some spots to think about. Whether you, you know, shell out money for a dinner or just take a like walk around like a stroll. I think these are some, some good suggestions. I agree. I agree. I also would say the uh, the boardwalk in general is a good one. I know we yeah. talked about the gazebo there, but just the boardwalk in general can be kind of a, mm-hmm. a nice little romantic spot. Yeah. Yeah. You got the grassy knoll where you can just sit over there. Is it a knoll? What technically is a knoll? I, I don't, don't know. know what a knoll is. I call is. it the grassy knoll. I don't know. The patch of, patch of grass that kids like to run around the in. patch of fake grass over there. Yeah. So. True. All right. Well, I think that's all the romantic spots that I can think of. Okay. What are we going to do for a romantic thing on, on Valentine's Day? Anything? Well, what's going on with your sister? Is there plans that night? Nope. You're springing this on me during the show. Listen. All right. <laughs> you put me on the I spot. I gave you all of these suggestions. Now pick one. No, that's what this was. It was a trap. <laughs> My no, <it> goodness. <laughs> all right. Who did this? I'm not mad. I just want to know who did it so I can punish them. I know who did it, though. It was me. I, I know, it. exactly. This was a trap. All right. Well, apparently I have all the places that you want. I will I will listen to this back and find a place. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, that will do it for the show. So if you want uh, even more content, be sure to check out some of the other shows on the Capture the Magic Network. We had the Capture the Magic Universal show where we talk about Universal Studios. And we just had an episode come out on Tuesday where we talk all about Mardi Gras as we were there over the weekend. So if you're going to go there, we talk about the food, the parade, tribute store, all that stuff. So everything to do with Mardi Gras. And then we have Jamie's Trip Tales, which is her trip report show. And when's the next one there coming out? Monday. Monday. And that is a, a good resource if you got a trip coming up. Or you want to hear, uh, you know, different scenarios people traveled with. There's, t- You're probably bound to find one that's pretty similar to yours. And you can get some firsthand info uh, about, you know, what to do on, on trips. And then if you want to be on Trip Tales, you can go to ctmtriptales.com. And there's a form that you can fill out. And then if Jamie chooses you, she will let you know. Yeah, that's right. And I have no influence there. Absolutely okay, Some people have asked. And, nope. And if I'm being honest... If I'm going to influence things, it'd be more for myself, not really for other people. So that's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> just saying, if I'm going to influence something, it'd be I don't know, not for people I don't know. It'd be like you know, maybe I want something. I got to try and influence that way anyway. Oh my, that was so unnecessary. That's what she said. Anyways, uh, <laughs> then we have outside the bubble, which is our uh, show where we cover things outside of the Disney World and Universal Studios bubble. And uh, we do that about once a month. And uh, yeah, so we're looking to go to Central. So more things to do in Central Florida there. Uh, Be sure to check us out on social media. So we have YouTube uh, where we have video versions of the podcast. And we also have vlogs. So we just had uh, one come out today, which is a Universal Studios Mardi Gras food vlog. And then we're going to have a separate vlog that is the parade from the looking standpoint and the throwing of the beads standpoint that we got to do. So... You can check that out. And then, of course, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Uh, Links are in the show notes. Check us out. Follow us there. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for the show. So thank you, everybody, for listening and or watching. And thank you, Jamie, for joining us. Uh, Thank you. And as I always like to say, we will see you in the parks. Bye. Bye.